So Acts chapter 6 is where we're going to be today, beginning this new series entitled Forward. Uh, forward. Uh, did you know, a child of God, right, that uh, uh, you can never stay still whenever it comes to your relationship with Jesus? Did you know that? You're either going forward, right, or going back. Hello. You're, hey, you're either pressing on, moving forward, or you're moving back. There's no standing still. And, and the call for us, right, is to be folks that continue to move forward. Move forward. Uh, Paul talks about it in Philippians. We see in Hebrews chapter 12, man, hey, therefore, as we're surrounded by great kind of witnesses, man, continue to run this race forward uh, for him. Uh, right. The Colossians 2, 6 and 7 tells us, man, that as, just as we've been saved, just as we came to know Jesus, continue to walk in him, root and built up, moving forward, forward. And, and we see this new church in the book of Acts, right, uh, folks getting saved, end of Acts chapter 2, right, and we see the church progress forward. Move forward, right? God continues to do work. Folks are growing in him, maturing in him. And we're going to see here in in chapter six, another way that they end up moving forward. And so the question really, right, for this series, uh, the rest of the time we spend in Acts going into Easter is what does that look like uh, uh, for you? Look like for you. What does it look like to move forward? Maybe it's uh, taking that step. Man, you've been, you know, here at Tileton for a while, coming to worship. We're glad that you're here. But maybe that next step is, man, hey, jumping into a family group and finding community there. Hey, maybe your next step forward is, man, hey, jumping in and serving. And and, and it may not be, man, every single week, but it's, hey, you know, once a month. And that develops, man. Hey, maybe you're in here. Man, you've been here a while. But maybe your first next step forward is, man, hey, choosing to give to the Lord, man. Hey, what does that look like for you? Moving forward. Moving forward. And we see what it looks like for the first century church in Acts chapter 6. One of the ways in which it looks like for them. Acts chapter 6. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Acts chapter 6. We see a passage here where uh, God is at work. Man, God is continuing to shake things up. But... Uh, with the shaking up comes came growing pains, if you will. And we see how those growing pains uh, are solved. And so this is what the word of the Lord says. If um, you don't have a copy of God's word with you, the verses will be on the screen. You can follow along there. But this is what uh, the word of the Lord says. It says this. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, so, hey, folks were still getting saved. Aren't you glad God still saves folks? Amen. Folks still getting saved. Folks still growing in the Lord. When the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists or Greek speaking Jews <clears throat> arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. We'll talk more about that here in a second. And the twelve, right, the twelve apostles, they summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, uh, and uh, if you have a uh, note there in your word, it, it, brothers and sisters, there are women that were uh, amongst those uh, disciples there that uh, knew Jesus. Uh, therefore, pick up or pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And Philip and uh, my boy Pete, Um, (laughs) my boy Pete and Nicanor and Timon 
and Parmenius and Nicholas, the proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith, obedient to the faith. I've entitled the message today simply this. Hey, it is time to serve. It is time to serve. Why don't we pray together? God, we love you again. We thank you for. Uh, who you are, we thank you for your love for us, God. Amazing love, as we just sang. And how can it be that you would die, um, God, for us, Lord? But you did, and we're thankful for that, Lord. And, and I pray that, God, as we continue to walk uh, this morning uh, through your word, and as we walk with you, God, continuing throughout the week, that you would continue to stir our affections for you more deeply, God. And, And, God, that we'd look to continue to grow, God, in the grace and knowledge of you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would, as your people, move forward. Uh, Move forward. God, help us to see, Lord, that uh, you don't want us to, uh, God, stay in the same place. Excuse me, because the reality is we can't. Uh, Lord, but help us to progress forward in you, Lord. God, be with us. Lord, as we walk through your word this morning, and we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. It is time to uh, serve. We see a passage here, man, where God has, uh, or God through, or the apostles through the Lord, right, have, have uh, chosen several folks, man, to step in and serve in uh, this ministry that was much needed there in the life of the first century church, right? And it was their call to step up. Uh, and serve. And in the same way, it's the call for us to respond to this call to serve. All of us men are called to serve. All of us are. It's not just the call of the preacher, not just the call of the deacons, man, all of us. If you're in here and you're saved, man, you are called to serve. It is just trying to figure out what that looks like, man. But the call is to serve. And we see here, man, that it is time to serve. And real quick, I want to walk through, man, just some points here that we see in God's word about how we respond to this urgent call, because this call is urgent, how we respond to this urgent call to serve the Lord in these days. We see three responses, man. How do we respond, man, to this urgent call to serve? The first response, man, that we ought to have is this, man. In order to respond, we've got to first see the need to serve. You gotta see the need to serve. Going back to the text here, I wanted to wait to give background because it was in the point here, but going back to the text, the, the church is growing like crazy. Folks are getting saved, man. Folks are growing in the Lord. And, and what has happened is now, man, there, there have been a little bit of those uh, growing pains, right? Uh, growing pains, if you will. Some of you that, that have kids in the house, man, you understand that. Right. As your kids get older, man, hey, it's awesome. You celebrate the fact that they're getting older, but there are growing pains with it. Got to buy new clothes, you know, it seems like every week, bless God. Got to got to continue to fill the pantry, you know. It, it costs you a little something. There, there's some pains that come with that. But you celebrate the fact that the growth has taken place. And, and we see that here. The, uh, the ministry had grown to a point where the 12 apostles, man, they, they couldn't do it on their own. And, and so both sides of the ministry were suffering. We're suffering. Uh, the preaching and praying side, man, was what they were called to do. That was suffering. But also, man, service uh, to those that were in need were suffering. The, these widows that we see talked about, man, the, these uh, uh, from the, the Hellenistic group. These widows, man, hey, they were super dependent because their husbands were gone. They were dependent on, man, the generosity of the church to provide for them. 
And that was suffering because the apostles, man, they, they couldn't keep up, if you will. And so something had to be done. There was a need that had to take place there. And in the same way, hey, we, we could say that, man, about our church context now, man. I, I know we, in a military context, we're super transient. But, man, we got a lot of new families here, a lot of faces that, you know, been coming for just a few months. There's a need that's there. We celebrate the fact that, man, hey, there's growth that's taking place. But with that, man, there is a need to serve. Folks that have been here, well, man, hey, there's a need to step up and serve. In order for us to respond to the call to serve, we've got to see the need to serve. Got to see the need to it. Man, we see that the church was growing. Like I mentioned earlier, man, the gospel was advancing in a mighty way, man. And we celebrate it. It was, by the way, let me throw this in free trial. I didn't say it earlier, man. I got a little ahead of myself, got a little excited. But let me go ahead and say this. Hey, we celebrate when God's church is growing. Amen. Amen. We celebrate. We're not, we're not in here for the business of numbers, man. Hey, trying to, get, you know, get the next biggest and greatest church. Man, we celebrate, you know, growth numerically because, man, there's growth spiritually that's happening. There is. And so we celebrate that. Celebrate that. And, and that's what we, we ought to see here with the disciples, man. They, they were celebrating the fact that folks were coming to know him. Folks were coming to know him. But, man, there were some growing pains that took place. There were some growing pains that took place. We see, man, that the church was growing. But also, man, we see that the church leaders at the end of the day, they couldn't do it all. Couldn't do it all, man. That's why the need was great, man. Because that church leaders couldn't do it all. Man, brand new church. Man, these 12 apostles, man, hey, they're praying. They're seeking God. Hey, try to figure it out, man. Trying to shepherd all these folks. But it just got beyond their capacity. Got beyond their capacity. And bless God, hey, same thing can be said of us here in this context. man. Hey, Pastor Greg, myself, right, our other church that we can do it all. We've got, hey, we've got a great deacon body. I'm thankful for them. But, hey, us together, we can do it all, man. We, we need, man, the church to partner alongside of us and serve alongside of us. Man, we need you. We need you. I love what D.L. Moody said uh, pertaining to service and speaking to pastors here, but it's a good word for us. Uh, he said this, right, that it's better to put 10 men to work than to try to do the work of 10 men. So true. So true, man. And so that's, hey, that's why we need you. Well, we need you, man. We can't do it all by ourselves. We see some scripture to back that up. Uh, if you were First Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20, right? Paul is talking about the body of Christ. Hey, those that are saved are a part of this body. And he, sp- he speaks to, man, the unity that comes with being in the body. The fact that we're together in this thing. I'll go ahead and read it. It says this way. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is what he says, verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? Or the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. And if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Hey, we need you. Hey, your role in the body is important. Just because you don't have pastor in front of your man doesn't mean that, man, you're not important in terms of service to God's kingdom. We need you. Just because you don't got deacon in front of your name doesn't mean you're not important to the service of God's kingdom. Hey, we need you. We need you. Because we can't do it all by ourselves. 
You say, Pastor, is that just a New Testament you know, idea? No, it's not. We see in Exodus 18, remember Jethro, man, Moses' father-in-law? Man, he gets on to Moses. Moses is handling all the cases of the people of Israel in the wilderness there, man, all day long meeting with folks. And Jethro says, you dummy, what you doing? Hey, hey you're, you're going to burn yourself out. You're going to kill yourself. Why don't you appoint, man, other leaders to help shepherd, man? Hey, shepherd some of those, you know, day-to-day cases. And you handle the major ones because, man, hey, you're called, man, is be a shepherd over these people. Leave these people. And the same reality, hey, man, we, we need you. We need you. And by the way, I'm thankful for the ones that are faithfully serving, man, that are here in the house, man. I th- I'm thankful for the folks that were faithful servants. You know, my first uh, remembrance of time serving, you know, being a part of the church, man, whenever I was in high school, the faithful Sunday school teachers I had. I had this one Sunday school teacher in particular, Brother Ben. His name was uh, Jim Rogers, man, construction worker, right, blue-collar guy. Man, but he was all in, man. For Sunday. I don't think he ever missed a Sunday school lesson. I, I legit, I don't think he ever missed a time where he let Sunday school, man, leaned in. And I remember one thing he'd say, Brother Cliff, all the time, you know, there'd be some weeks I'd forget my Bible. You know, kids in the house, this is before, man, we had the, you know, the, the smartphones where you keep your Bible. I had a phone, but I didn't have my Bible on it, you know, had an actual physical Bible. But I'd forget my Bible at church, and, and, he, and he'd say, hey, Irv, man, where's your Bible? I said, Brother Jim, I forgot my Bible. He said, you didn't forget to put your pants on, did you? I looked down. Uh, no, I, I didn't. Hey, if you can remember to put your pants on, man, you can remember to bring your word. And I remember that always sticking with me, man. The importance of making sure you had your word with you. But, man, he was faithful, man. He's faithful. Because he understood, man, that the pastor, man, he, he couldn't lead all the Sunday school class. He couldn't invest in the students. He couldn't. And so he stepped in and led. And so what I'm trying to say is this, man. Hey, man, what's your role in the body, man? What's the Lord leading you to jump into and serve? Where's he leading you to do that? Say, Pastor Herb, man, I don't have any time. Hey, hey, start somewhere. Maybe it's once a month serving with kids. Maybe it's once a month, man, hey, being a smiling face as folks come in. Man, start somewhere because we need you. You got to see the need to serve. We all have a place to serve in the kingdom, man. Where is Yours. Let me keep going here. Response number two, man. I'm moving fairly quick today. Response number two, man, what we see here. Hey, how do we, man, respond to this urgent call to serve? Man, we see it right here in the text, man. Second way that we do it is we've got to notice the characteristics of a servant. We respond, right, to the urgent call to serve by understanding what it means to be a servant, what it looks like to be a servant. Go back to the text. Verse three Right. The apostles, when they see this problem, they see the issue at hand. They say, hey, this is the solution. This is what we got to do, man. You need to appoint seven uh, just rando folks. It didn't, it didn't say that. Hey, you just got to hey, uh, hey, just pick seven people. Any, any, many, mighty, more who to serve. Didn't say that either. Look what it says. It says, hey, pick from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom who we will appoint to this duty. And then verse five, it says, when they had pleased the whole gathering, when and what they said, pleased the whole gathering, they chose Stephen. Hey, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, man. We see how uh, in this text, man, the apostles, they, they recommend us finding a certain person here. And I'll go ahead and throw this in for each other. A lot of folks like to use this passage to speak to the beginning of deacon ministry. It's interesting enough, the, the, the term deacon, right, it doesn't appear at all in the book of Acts, right? This, this wasn't an office that, uh, uh, these men were getting appointed to, it was an assignment that they were getting commissioned to be a part of. Difference there. Difference there. 
And, and so we see these men, man, are chosen, right? And they're chosen because, man, of these distinct characteristics that were being talked about there. These men that were an example of what, man, service should look like and what it look, ought to look like for a child of God who's willing to be a servant to serve. These men understood, man, what the call was to be a servant. These characteristics, man, we've got to notice the characteristics of uh, what a servant looks like. The first characteristic, it highlights it here. Highlights it here. Says that, man, these men were full of faith. Full of faith. Say, Pastor, what does that mean? Man, it means this, that they love God. They loved God, man. They were walking with God and their lives showed it. These folks that were willing to serve, man, hey, they were all in for Jesus, man. They, they, here it is. They understood that the call to serve wasn't just them being a hired hand to do something. They chose to step in and do it because of their love for God and love for his kingdom. That's what it was. They understood that, man, because they loved God and they loved his church, they couldn't just come and sit. They had to jump in and serve somewhere. They were full of faith, full of faith. Their, here it is. Their love and devotion. I got to make sure to read it, man, because whatever I was, you know, praying about, the Lord brought to me, I had to make sure I wrote it down correct. I got to read it. Their love and devotion to the son cultivated their heart and desire to serve. Their love and devotion to the son cultivated their heart and desire to serve. They understood that they weren't just filling a spot, man. These folks, man, full of faith, they, hey, they were all in for Jesus. Man, can I just be honest with you? Maybe some of us in here, man, we're, we're struggling. Man, we're jumping in and serving because, man, maybe maybe we're struggling with our love of Jesus. Hey, we're cool with them, like we've talked about before, man, but, but man, we're not madly in love with them. We may know a lot about them, but man, hey, man, we are devoted, man, to spending time seeking his face and walking with him. We're not keeping the main thing the main thing. Listen, it, it's our love, man, for the Savior that cultivates a heart to serve, man, the saints. It's our love for him. Love for him. And, and these men, man, they were full of faith. They loved Jesus, man. Hey, so, so let me ask you, hey, what's your devotional life look like? Man, what's your time in prayer look like? And I'm so convicted with it, by this. Brother Tiny, I'm a preacher, man. And I'm, I'm convicted by this, man. Sometimes I find myself serving out of obligation a lot of times. And the reason being is because, man, I, I'm not walking closely with God, if I'm just being honest with you. That's, that's, that, that's where the problem comes. And so the question is, man, what does what, what your devotional life look like, man? Prayer life look like, hey, what's God sharing with you as you're walking with him, man? Characteristics of a servant, man, is one who is full of faith, full of faith. But also it says here this, man, the second characteristic man, of a servant here is one who is full of the spirit, full of the spirit. You may say, Pastor, Irv, what, what does that mean? We've talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, right? We see the Holy Spirit, man, talked about all through Acts, man. What, what does that mean, being full of the spirit? Man, it means this, man. Hey, these men. They understood what it looked like, man, hey, to submit, man, to the lordship of Jesus Christ and come under, man, the influence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hey, they, they understood that their life was not their own, but it was the Lord's. 
And so as man, the spirit led them. They follow. That's what it means. Ephesians 5.18. Says this. Paul is talking about it like this. Hey, he says this. Do not be drunk with wine for that is debauchery. But rather be filled with the Spirit. And so it, it, it's this uh, uh, reality that being filled with the Spirit is, man, coming under control, man, of the Spirit. Allowing God to have control of your life. And that's something that we've got to do daily. Holy Spirit lives in us, dwells in us. If you're a believer, man, he, he dwells in us. But we've got to come under, man, his authority and leadership every single day. And that's just simply asking, man, for him to fill us. Verse 19, addressing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Reverence for Christ. These men, man, were filled with the Spirit, man. Hey, they allowed God to lead their life, man. Can that be said of you? Man, is God taking the lead? Yes, it's great to have plans. I'm not saying throw the plans away. Man, hey, I'm not saying, man, hey, go to work and, and, and do the responsibilities that you're doing. But as you're walking with, with the Lord, man, hey, when he says, man, to go and speak to that person, man, are, are you willing to go do it? Hey, when he says, man, for you to hey, shift direction in terms of, hey, calling a career, man, hey, you're seeking that out. Look at the movement that way. Hey, when he says, man, hey, you need to invest in your kid. Need to... You choose to answer and respond. Man, can you, can it be said of your life, man, that you're one who is full of the spirit? Are you allowing the spirit of God to take the lead in your life? And what that means is allowing him to be the leader. Allowing him to be the leader, man. These men were full of the spirit. And man, that's characteristic we ought to have. Ought to have. And we see that this call to serve is an urgent call, man. And in order for us to respond, we've got to first see the need, man, to serve. Secondly, we've got to choose, man, to see the characteristics of a servant, man. And then thirdly and lastly, and I'm done, hey, we see it right here in verse 7. Man, in order to respond to this call to serve, we must take note of how God uses our service to build his kingdom. Verse 7, I want to go back and read it again. Look, look what happens. Whenever they set, man, these men to lead out in this ministry, look what it says. It's really a summary of what happens next. And the word of God continued to increase. Hey, the apostles now were able to focus on prayer, right, and preaching of the word. And so, man, the word of God was increasing. Man, folks were getting a chance to hear the gospel. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Folks were getting saved. Folks were getting saved in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. That's what's interesting. If you look back at Acts chapter 4, it highlights, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Peter and, and John there in, in front of uh, the Sanhedrin, right, which were the big-time uh, priests, right, They the, the big-time folks that were in charge there, right, and they were anti uh, the Jesus movement, anti-Jesus movement altogether. You know, there was some persecution that took place there. Peter and John said, hey, Listen, we can't help but to share about this name, right, that's unlike any name. We can't help but to share that there's only one name under heaven by which men can be saved, and it's Jesus Christ. We can't help but to share that. Can't help but share that. We see, man, the people of Sanhedrin are upset, but a lot of scholars believe that there were 800 or so uh, other priests that were there 
right, that uh, um, were poor, you know, but uh, did their duties, that still hated the Jesus movement, that man got a chance to hear the gospel and respond in faith. Amazing. Amazing. And hey, how it was able to happen. God could do whatever he wants. But we see here, hey, how it happened was that, man, these seven men faithfully chose to serve tables. That's where it started. Hey, can I be honest with you today? Hey, wherever, man, you choose to jump in and serve. Hey, you holding that door as folks come by. Man, it's making a difference in the kingdom. God's using it. Hey, you, you choosing to change that diaper in the baby room. Hey, it's making a difference in the kingdom. Hey, hey, you, you handling that, hey, that kid, man, that's, that's cutting up, acting a fool, man, that you, 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 you know, you want to, you know, have a conversation with. Right, hey, it's, it's making a difference in the kingdom of God. It is. It is. It's not in vain. The work that you choose to do isn't in vain. Isn't in vain. And so the call for us, man, is, is to jump in and serve. In his name. Listen, we're nobodies. We, we are. Nobodies. God doesn't need us. We'll see later on in Acts that he's a God who need not be served by human hands. But bless God, man. Hey, he allows for us, man, to play a part in helping build his kingdom. That's amazing. Hey, it's amazing to think of, of being a part of something that is bigger than yourself in this way. Right. And being a part of something that is going to have ripple effects for all eternity. It's amazing. And so the call for us, man, is to choose to jump in. Choose to jump in. Hey, 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 choose to take that next step forward and serve. Hey, choose to take that next step forward. Man, to be a greeter, man, out in the foyer. Choose to take that next step forward and help out with kids. Oh, Pastor Irv, man, hey, I ain't any good with kids, man. Hey, you can be a person that stands at the front and helps check kids in. Bless God, if you don't want to be in the room with kids. Hey, the call is to choose to take that next step forward. Because he wants to use you. He wants to use you. So whether it's serving in kids or being a greeter at the door, leading the family group or working in our tech ministry, man, the Lord is able to use the work you do to build up his kingdom. Your work is so important. Hey, and that's why we ought to not be content with just simply sitting on the sidelines when it comes to our faith but to jump in and serve. Hey, that's why we ought to not be content with just coming and sitting. Man, like I said, I'm glad that you're here. Glad that you're here, man. But we ought to not just be content with just coming and being if we're a child of God. We ought to choose to jump in and serve. Ought to choose to serve the Lord, man. If you're saved in the house of God, shout amen, church. Amen. And if you're saved, you're called to serve. And so jump in and serve. I'll end with uh, this. Um, there's a man I, I met uh, while I was in seminary in New Orleans. I just came back from a, um, a seminar th- this week. But while I was there for my master's, met a guy named David Sneed. He was a man in his 60s um, who had some, some uh, health ailments, um, could barely get around, um, and had walked through a lot of life. Man, walked through a pretty um, you know, tough situation. His wife had passed away, um, you know, about 20 years prior. Um, but felt that he was called to God to go to seminary uh, and, and be there and, and serve. A guy that was, I mean, later on in his life, man, just plowing away. I was looking for a place to serve. A guy that, you know, um, many would 
would figure man would, would have a tough time finding a, a, a you know, ministerial role or a pastor role to serve in the life of the church. But man, he was there. Served. He was a part of the church I uh, served at. Um, and, and one of the ministries that he helped start was uh, um, a homeless ministry that uh, met on Friday nights um, at the church. And um, the homeless ministry, I mean, we're talking about what a lot of folks, who a lot of folks would consider the, the dregs of uh, society. Um, that were there in this uh, community, man. They they didn't have nothing to give to Brother David. It's not like they they could pay him, you know. A lot of times they came in. A lot of them, man, were were inebriated, um, whether it be with alcohol or some kind of other substance. Um, man, a lot of them. There are several weeks, you know, that I knew of where there'd be fights that broke out, you know, because we would feed them and someone get mad that man they took their plate and then something, hey, you know, folks start fighting. I mean, it was a tough. Ministry, tough ministry. It's not like they had a big crowd, Brother Cliff. It's about 10 to 15, sometimes 20 on a good day. Hey, but this man was was faithful. He was faithful. And, and uh, he was faithful in, until uh, his last days. He ended up tragically passing away uh, due to some of his health ailments. But um, his funeral that they had at the church it was uh, uh, was awesome for multiple reasons. But number one, it was highly attended. Um, you know, a lot of folks there from the community, man, they were there and, and they showed their support. But secondly, uh, one of my friends who I knew, a young uh, guy named Chance, man, he gave a testimony, man, of uh, Brother David's ministry. He was helping us lead kids camps there during the summer. And uh, he went to one of those homeless ministry Friday night services. And the Lord used Brother David's message to wreck Chance and change his life. And, and he shared about that here. Um, you know, at the funeral there. Brother David's faithfulness, man, every single week to lean into those guys. Brother Tiny, he, he didn't have to be there, man. They were, Like I said, they weren't giving him nothing. But his faithfulness there, man, and his willingness, man, just to share the word with 15 to 20 homeless guys, man, made a ripple effect that lasted for all eternity. My buddy Chance, man, totally different dude now because he was there. Say, Pastor Irv, man, what you getting at? I'm getting at this, man. Hey, listen, if you're saved and you're a child of God, man, hey, and you're not serving, man, jump in somewhere. Your response today is, hey, is to jump in somewhere and serve. Jump in somewhere. You may say, Pastor Irv, where, where do I start? Man, hey, whenever we get done with the service, we've got actual physical sign-up sheets of certain areas of ministry, man, here at Tyler Town. As soon as you walk up the door, the table that's on the other side of these double doors, man, if you're not serving somewhere, man, put, put your name down there. And we'll have a conversation, begin the conversation. But listen, because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, man, all to him we owe. Amen. All to him we owe. Man, and part of that owing of him is choosing to step up, man, and to serve.